out there, this is Ross from Visual Media Co. Excited to be sharing not only our very first podcast episode with you today, but also a webinar that I did earlier in the year uh, under my old brand, Jane's Media. Uh, it's called Your Target Customer, How to Find and Advertise to Them. I really feel like this is going to be huge uh, in helping you, especially with visual media, marketing, and advertising. Thanks. Who am I? Why are we doing this, right? So my name is Ross James. I uh, run James Media as the creative director. Um, we've been producing content for over, it feels like, a really long time. I've been in media 20 years, but I've been doing video probably 15. Uh, I used to be the former uh, creative director over at Columbia Power and Water Systems, where I managed the television channel, won some national awards in Murray County Now, which you see on screen. Um, I've been doing photography for over 10 years. My photos are featured in national magazines, uh, actually in December. Got a two-page spread coming up in Rotary International, which is super cool. And then for the video side of it, uh, we work with companies from the smallest company to the largest. Uh, we work with entrepreneurs and Fortune 500 companies. So we're kind of all over the board in what it is that we do, delivering the media product that people need. That's the important part. So what's going to happen during this presentation? Well, you're going to find out why your target audience shouldn't be everyone. This is the number one thing that I see in discussing marketing with business. Number two, you're going to figure out how to ID your market. Number three, you're going to clarify that message. And then the fourth thing you're going to do is determine the media which it should be delivered on. All right? So that's kind of the framework for what we're doing. Why your target audience shouldn't be everyone. I'm sure when you first got into business and you started to make money, you thought, wow, this is amazing. I can literally put my product out there to everyone and everyone's going to buy it. I know I felt that way. The fact of the matter is, though, that's not true. <laughs> um, in putting your message out there, you are literally not targeting who you need to be speaking to. Your product, your service has a very specific intended market, even if you don't think that it does. And I'm going to show you why here in just a second. All right. So although it may seem counterintuitive first, narrowing down a specific target market will actually give your business a better shot at survival and make your product or service more memorable. Now, why is that? Why is that? We'll talk about that in a second. We're gonna talk about why it's not first. First thing is, you might not appeal to anyone. You run the risk of no one hearing your message because it's so watered down, or it's so generic, or it's so bland that no one catches on. Your brand will be vague. No one knows what you stand for. Why are you doing any of this? What are your company values? What are you putting forward into the world to make your product better than everyone else's? The third one, and probably the thing you figured out the most, is it's going to waste a bunch of time, money, and resources. If you're just throwing ad dollars at things and not knowing why you're doing it, or you have an advertising professional come to you and say, hey, we should do this thing, yada, 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 without giving you any sort of metrics to go by, you're going to be wasting a lot of time, money, and resources, and that's not great. So why should you use target marketing? So this is pretty easy. It's way easier to talk to one person than it is to talk to a whole bunch of people. So if you can narrow down who it is that you're talking to, you know exactly what voice to use. You know exactly how to position your brand. You know exactly what to do. Marketing to one is a more effective nurturing and sales conversion strategy because once you are talking to just that group of people, chances are that group of people are going to more, they'll want to buy more of your product, buy your product more often, and tell their friends about it. And the third one is you're going to make fans out of current customers. You have customers that are already buying from you if you angle towards them and you show them that they are, you are providing them that value, then they're going to 
sing your praises even more. I mean, you can't really beat it, honestly. It is the most effective thing in marketing currently. Here's why. We got to talk about the people that we don't want to sell about, sell to. If we only look at the people that we want to sell to, it's going to make the job of marketing much, much easier. And if we can knock out who we don't want to sell to, it's going to get us most of the way there. All right? Cool. Any questions from anybody so far? Cool. Good to go. Moving on. Here's a great example of specific types of marketing to specific types of people. On the left-hand side, you obviously have a brewery that is talking about German-style beer. They're showing photos of the beer. They are using very specific language to talk about this beer. That's going to attract beer drinkers that enjoy German-style ales. In the upper right-hand corner, come on, man, it's left-handed scissors. Who wouldn't want to buy from this left-handed scissor company if you are left-handed and you need to buy scissors? It's literally lefty's left hand. <laughs> and they sell scissors. It's great. The bottom right one is uh, Bonobos. They sell pants. So like, all they do is sell pants. And they're showing you how those pants work with the color green. It's pretty easy. They're targeting their market. They know exactly who they're talking to. These are great examples of targeted marketing. So the first step is you have to identify your market, all right? Now, I'm going to say this, and you're probably not going to like it, but this is a you problem, all right? This is a you problem because only you have access to this data. Only you can make these decisions. Only you can decide which course that you're about to take next. And we're going to come back to this a couple of times, and you're going to see why in a second. How do you get that data? Well, it's pretty easy. The first way is if you have an Instagram or if you have a Facebook already, you can go into your insights and you can see what your market, what your demographic is, what you're currently pulling, what you're currently looking at. I'm going to show you some of that data here in a second from an event that I was just associated with. The second thing is you can poll your current customer. So when someone comes in the door, someone receives one of your services, they get an email. Send out a poll. Use Google Forms. It's pretty easy. Get an idea of who they are, why they're buying from you. What purpose do they have in doing business with you? It's good to know. And the third one is your point of sale system or your customer relationship management system. That is a great way to get all that data. In fact, that's pretty much what that data does. It's the only reason why it exists and you should definitely be using it to figure out who the general base of your customers are. Who can you target easily? All right. So here's an example of like a Facebook look at that. So this is looking in terms of demographics. Obviously, 61% women, 39% men. The category in the middle there is uh, people aged 35 to 44. The fascinating thing about this uh, is that this is actually for a beer event. This is the stats on the backside of a beer event. So just because you think, and I'm pulling this up for a specific reason, just because you think that your target market is going to be a thing doesn't actually mean that that's the case. Most people would think that, that younger men from, you know, the 24 to 36 age range, 35 age range, this one, the 13.2% and the 8.6, you would think that that would be the primary one, especially for people who enjoy beer. You'd be, you'd be wrong. It's 61% female. You never know. All right. So do your current products and offerings match your chosen market? Have you sat down and taken the time to see if the products, the information that you're putting out there actually match the market that you're trying to target? Second thing, what products and offerings could you slightly change to match that chosen market? I'm sure that you have a lot of products and services that line up pretty close that you can literally just snap into place and make it easier for you to use and to market to. 
you got to ask a lot of these questions in relation to how the customers interact with your business. We were raised as consumers. We were raised to buy. We weren't necessarily raised to sell or understand how to sell or market. So you have to put yourself in the position of not you as the consumer, but your consumer. How do they interact with your business? And that will give you a great way on how to target them a little easier. Here's some ideas on how to choose those demographics. It could be age, location, gender, income level, marital family status, occupation, and ethnic background. That's just some examples. There's also psychographics that you can bring into this. What do they like? What do they do? Personalities, attitudes, values, interests, hobbies, lifestyle, behavior. Where do they hang out? How do they go about it? These are also factors that you should target in terms of choosing your ideal customer. All right, once you have kind of wrapped all that up and you're thinking about it, you've got some data, you're choosing what to do, you got to evaluate the decision. It's big to do this now because you're going to have to do it again later and it may change a little, but you already have the data. So are there enough people who fit my criteria? This is a big one. So if I'm selling, let's say I want to sell pink vacuum cleaners, right? And my only product is pink vacuum cleaners. What percentage of the market locally do I think is going to buy just pink vacuum cleaners? I don't know. Maybe I need to figure that out. Is there enough people that fit that criteria? Let's find out. Will my target really benefit from my product or service? So am I actually delivering value to them? Is what I do mean anything to them? How are they interacting with? Why, why would they continue to benefit from this? Do I understand what drives my target to make decisions? Again, it's getting in the animus of that, of your customer and trying to understand why they're doing what it is that they're doing. And can I reach them with my message? As in like, is my messaging effective? We're going to talk about that here in a minute. And then am I using the right platforms, the right way to talk about them, this message? So here's another great graphic, uh, STP. This came out of the visual uh, MBA. Uh, obviously, it's segment. So you want to start talking about who could we sell to. Target, you're going to narrow that down, which is what we just kind of talked about. And then we're going to talk about the next part, which is positioning, right? So how do we touch them? How do we, how do we get into their hearts and minds and make them want to buy this product and service, right? Step two is clarify that message. This is another big one that I see <laughs> businesses run into quite a lot. They want to try to tell you everything instead of the important things or the things that the customer wants to hear, right? So your message absolutely has to be direct first and foremost. What are we doing here? Second, it has to be easy to understand. You have to realize that the average U.S. citizen reads on a third grade level. You got to start there. Number three, it's got to be relatable. Is this even relative to your customer? Obviously, if you're selling sundresses, you probably shouldn't talk about selling peanuts. They don't really make a whole lot of sense, right? And the fourth one is actionable. You have to give them something to do at the end of the message. Do you want them to learn more? Do you want them to call now? Do you want them to buy now? Do you want them to do whatever you want them to do. It has to have some sort of resonant action to it, right? So number one, what does your company offer, right? Like, what are you doing? Why are you doing it? You got to tell people that because they may not know, or they may be unclear as to what that is. And part of your job in clarifying that messaging is figuring out what they want to hear in terms of what it is that you do. How does it make your customer's life better? Well, what are you doing to better them? How does your product help them? Does it alleviate pain? Does it enhance pleasure? 
you have to kind of pick in your marketing and messaging which way that you want to go with that. Number three, how can your customers buy your product or service? What do they do? How do you interact with them? Again, it's that buy now, that call now, schedule a meeting, start free, free trial, etc. And then now we're on to determining that media. All right, so we've talked about all that. We're moving on to who does the ad need to reach? We're going to go back to step one for a second. Do you remember when we talked about all that psychographic and demographic data and all that sort of, this is where we start compiling all of this stuff now. We start putting that back together and matching that up with our products and services to make sure that it actually does reach the intended target. Traditional media in its current form is expected to take a 10 to 30% loss by the end of the year. It is already at 12 to 15% when I looked up the stats two or three days ago just to make sure that I was correct. Meanwhile, overall ad spending will grow by 6%. And obviously that is in the digital space. Digital is now. We can harp on this all day long. We all know that COVID has done a number on most people's businesses and it's because they did not know how to position and pivot appropriately. With the companies and clients that I work with, it's definitely in the digital space. They don't know how to move. They don't know how to, they don't know how to pivot. They don't know how to go. This is a big one, all right? So we're, gonna, we're talking about content and all of this section here because we're making stuff. We're talking about media. There are three types of media ownership. We're not really going to talk about the first two, but they're here because you need to know what they are. The first one is paid media, okay? Paid media is when you buy a cable TV ad, when you buy a newspaper ad, when you're purchasing ad space somewhere for you or your business. That is paid media. We're not really going to talk about paid media today. Earned media is where you have earned enough recognition for someone to come out and do a story on you. So the newspaper, magazine, TV station, TV show, whatever it is you so choose, but it's usually a one and done. It's an article and they move on. Again, you earned that media, but you don't actually own it. We're primarily talking about owned media, though. That's generated media. It's media you make. It's media that's made for you. That's your social media. It's your photos, it's your videos, graphics, anything created for the business, right? That's what we're talking about today. We're mainly talking about owned media. Using owned media as your marketing tool is called content marketing, all right? So that's what we're, that's what we're framing up in, in this whole experience is a content marketing experience. Two primary reasons why content and marketing content is beneficial for nearly all businesses. First one is content is going to educate your potential customers about your product or service. Literally, content marketing is visual media. It is blog posts. It is photos. It is videos. You are literally telling your customers what this thing does, what we do, why we do it, some explanation of what it is that you're doing. It gives them a, a nice touchy-feely point for you. You get to interact with them in such a way that you get to dictate the terms. Second one is that content provides you an opportunity to be a thought leader in your industry. I can tell you right now of a super secret tip of a great way to rank in Google as fast as humanly possible if you want to know. And I'll give the secret away right now. Put out how-to videos specific to your industry. Full stop. <laughs> that right there because the weight of video content the weight of how-to content and probably the weight of your niche and industry you can make huge inroads in your industry by just putting out how-to content video how-to content about your business you got to let people know what you're doing you have to talk to them you got to figure out how to talk to them. 
70% of businesses use video as a marketing tool, up from 63% from last year. What do you think that number is going to be next year? And if you're not using video, what are you doing? 81% of businesses use video as a marketing. Oh, that's the, not the right number. Ha! <laughs> by, 20, by 2022, online videos will make up more than 82% of all consumer internet traffic, 15 times higher than it was in 2017. There's going to be a 900% growth, or there has been a 900% growth, I'm sorry, in mobile searches. Near me today, near me tonight, all of the local search methods that you use on Google, that has exploded. And if your business is not on Google, if you don't have a Google My Business setup, if you aren't putting out that kind of content that's going to attract customers to you, you are losing out locally. Early adopters are already moving the rest of their 2020 event budgets, everything they're doing into content. And this is, all of this is cited at the end, so please take these resources and do what you want. Um... 32% of that has been put into more content. And obviously we all know the importance of Zoom that showed up here with web conference, webinars and virtual conferences. And then social media is the next big one. There we go. So what type of content marketing? We talked about this a little bit, but it's social media content marketing. Obviously it's putting out social media posts. It's doing all of the this and that's, hey, we got a sale coming up. Hey, here's our new employee. Hey, you know, here's what's going on with us. The infographic content market. You've seen infographics, you've used them uh, to explain your points and to share stuff. Blog content is still huge. It is still the number one driver of SEO, period. I cannot say that enough. If you can put out a regular blog about your industry, your business inside of content, you will start ranking higher in Google, period. Podcast content marketing, it's easier than ever to start a podcast. Video content marketing, obviously we talked about that a good bit. And then obviously there's paid ad content marketing. You can target people specifically on Google. You can target people specifically on Facebook. You can target your ads, but that's the last step in all of this. You have to have everything else in place first before you even think about purchasing an ad. So to the left here, if you are unfamiliar with any of these things, is an infographic. And this infographic kind of shows you IBM launches cloud marketplace to partners. In the upper right-hand corner is the example of an Instagram feed for Lush. And Lush does a really, really great job on their social media. They're a really great one to follow on Instagram. And the last one in the right-hand corner is an example of a blog. It's Expedia, and they're talking about most beautiful islands in the South Pacific. Obviously, they're going to be using a lot of photos. They're going to be using a lot of words to describe, paint your word pictures, and show you pictures to make you want to go to the beautiful islands in South Pacific using Expedia to book it. Makes sense, right? So here is your plan for putting together your media. First of all, you have to set your goals. What are you trying to do with this project? What are you trying to do with this plan? How are you trying to market to these people? What do you want your results to be? Second thing is you get to decide on the type of content. Does this work better as a podcast? Does this work better as a video? Does this work better as just some photos, maybe an infographic? Got to figure that out. Third thing is, where do you want to put it out? What do you currently have? What do you need? Where do you think that your customers are? That's a big one. Fourth one, you got to set a budget, right? So you got to know how much you can spend on all this, not just the putting it out, but the creation of it. One of the things that in terms of a recession or when the economy goes down or anything else, the first thing that grows out the window is marketing. In reality, if you look at successful companies, 
the first thing you should do is dump more money into marketing because you need to outrun your competition in terms of your message and your space. Obviously, if you don't have the dollars to do it, you're trying to keep your doors open. That's one thing. But if you can up your marketing, you will accelerate past your competition in ways you can't even begin to imagine following these content methods. You got to create and then distribute that content. And obviously, we kind of talk about that a little bit. And then you got to step back and analyze and measure what those results are. You got to make sure that you are putting yourself back in position. And then literally this cycle just sets itself all over again. You literally take the top part from the beginning. You analyze and those goals and then you make new goals if you did not reach the ones you want and you repeat the process until it's fixed. Here are some uh, great stats from Ross, HubSpot. Yeah. Right. We're, we're, uh, we're running short on time a little bit. So just wanna let you know there's about six minutes left we can do another, if you've got, if you've got more, we can do another link. We I have about a minute left. Okay, cool. Perfect. Yeah. And then here is some examples of what's being used, uh, primary forms of media for content strategy on the left and on the right. There's what channels most marketers are using to create content for. Now, obviously this was earlier in the year. Uh, I don't think this has changed much, but primarily it's Facebook company website, and then kind of a mix of LinkedIn, YouTube, Instagram for where they're creating the content for. So again, it just depends on your market. Here's some of the sources. I'll make sure to include this in the presentation. I got to go back and get rid of that extra slide that I had in there with the wrong stat on it. And then, uh, yeah, now it's time for questions. And there's my contact info if anyone wants to reach me. Awesome. This was so good, Ross. Um, so informative. Uh, I'm going to go ahead uh, and let people uh, ask questions. Uh, we got Please, about five yeah. minutes left, unfortunately, because there was an error when we created this, this Zoom call. Somehow we were, we, we, I was created with the... Uh, with the wrong account, I guess that was not, that was limited on time. So we got about five minutes left. So picture, picture questions to Ross while you've got his, uh, his amazing marketing brain here available to you. All right. I've got a few. Sure. So I'm going to make the most of the time. Anyone else though, please know that you're prioritized over my question. Um, I would like, we'd rather hear from you. As far as the worst, what are like one or two tools that you recommend to use uh, to kind of help in your, in your marketing efforts? Oh man, the first one is the easiest one, it's Buffer. Um, you can schedule, you can have up to 10 social media accounts connected and then you can schedule stuff for Instagram, LinkedIn, Facebook, pretty much any, Pinterest, you know, any social media site you can think of. Um, now granted, it's about 120 bucks a year. Um, that's a hard pill to swallow if you're not using it very often or if you're not familiar with it, but if you need to schedule posts in advance, that's my first one. And then number two is Adobe Spark, all right? If you are wanting to create your own easy content, use Adobe Spark. Again, it's like 10 bucks a month. It's like 120 bucks for the year, but it will allow, it automatically will size stuff for you. There are stock photos that you can use. It'll help you with photos, um, or not photos, but titles, text, the whole nine. It has everything incorporated in there, but you gotta pay a little bit for it. Again, that's fine. Uh, Tammy asks, any thoughts on YouTube? Uh, YouTube is a great way to market if you are primarily only producing video content. And I say that in terms of if you are marketing to Google, if you are putting yourself out on Google, YouTube's a great way. If you're marketing to Facebook, mm, you're better off sticking with your own native platform. Wherever your customers are, you're better off putting that media on the native platform. Cool, makes sense. Uh, again, anyone can butt in. Uh, my next question: What's if, if you uh, obviously are small business owners? There's a they got a lot to do. Um, you know, there was a there's a lot they can do when it comes to marketing. What's the minimum that you recommend uh, someone do to make sure they're they're at least to 
you know, hitting the, the, the minimum mark. Social media at least three times a week. Whatever networks you choose, whatever you prefer, it makes no difference. Um, wherever you think your customers are, whatever you think that's going to be important. Um, there's another question up here. Uh, do I have any suggestions for those of us who operate an extremely challenging and unreliable internet zone? Yes. Find a co-work space near you. Find a relatively easy place that you can get internet access. And then a lot of this is creating these resources in advance and then going to a place and then taking the time, taking the four hours, whatever it is, putting all this in place, scheduling all in advance for the next week and you don't have to worry about it. I schedule everything on Sunday or I schedule everything out weeks in advance. Like I sit down one day and I schedule everything out for that week or I'll sit down one day and I'll schedule everything out for as long as I possibly can. Um, second question up here, time of day for post important to ident identify. Again, that is your customers. If you are primarily focused on attracting business people, what time do you think that they're online? What time do you think they open their email? What time do they want to be spoken to? What time do you want to be spoken to inside of your own industry? You got to kind of figure out how that works. Uh, how do I find those co-working spaces? Well, Google is a great way to do it. You know, co-working spaces near me. Um, again, there's always a McDonald's. There's always a Starbucks. There's always a coffee shop somewhere that you can go and hopefully sneak in and grab just a bit of internet for the time you got to do it. I know it's hard. I, I know without internet, it is rough. Thank you so much for listening to this episode. If you have any media questions, please feel free to send them in. Visit our website, visualmediaco.com. Make sure you check out our groups and do not forget to like, share, and subscribe. Thanks. Thanks.